morning, good evening, good night, wherever or whoever you may be. I am Alan Arante, and this is The Recluse Podcast. Today's guest is Bobby Dewright. He is a photographer based in Ventura, California. He has produced a number of photographic series dealing with the COVID pandemic, most notably his Peeping Bob series. In that series, he shoots subjects in their home naked, and each photo has a unique concept behind it. It is the series that I'm proud to be a part of, and it'll be published into a book soon. In this conversation, we talk about Ventura and the creative scene out here. Bobby discusses his motivations and reasons for getting into shape and putting down the bottle. We discuss his inspirations and methods behind his photography. We talk about the self-reflective qualities that these creative endeavors and these kind of photographic series have on the subjects, and on the creator. It was my pleasure to get to know Bobby in this conversation. And without further delay, this is a portrait of Bobby Do-Right. Do you go to any other uh, schools aside from that, or is that sort of really your post-high school um, education as far as it went? Yeah, that was post-high school. High school, I got kicked out my junior year, so I didn't really finish high school. Um, ended up going to um, homeschool, finishing that way a year early. Uh, my mom always stressed going to some sort of trade school early mm-hmm. on, and it took me a little while to find that out, but then ended up going to tra- uh, adult school for welding learn how to mm-hmm. weld. And that's kind of what got me more into the hot rod fabrication world. And then, uh, no college, you know, I'd sign up more part college a couple of weeks in. I'd be like, what am I doing <laughs> here? I don't belong here. Um, and then yes, 26, the two year portfolio school was the first time that anything I did post real, like committed post. So uh, you you say you got kicked out of school. Um, did you have behavior issues? Did you um, just never really like the format of you know sitting in a desk for hours and being told what to do? You know what what was the issue for you? All of the above, mm. plus plus um, some other bad seeds that um, essentially I got kicked out for fighting. Really? Yeah. Fist fight? Like one instant, or had this happened a few times? I mean, there had been it had happened a couple times, and a lot of the a lot of the times, you know, I'd been picked on, um, and I'd be fighting back, mm. sticking up for myself, and I could. I definitely wasn't like a, a pushover. I mean, I was small, but I definitely wasn't a pushover. No, and uh, yeah, it just it it was bound to happen one way or the other, whether it was a fight or it was <laughs> academics or whatever. But yeah, I definitely could not sit behind a desk. And uh, I had I had some impulse mm. issues when I was younger and not really being able to walk away. <laughs> mm. um, so what's your ideal learning situation then if it's not like, you know, behind a desk and the teacher's up front reading from a book, whatever, what have you, the standard, um, what you think of when you think of education, what what appeals to you more? I think doing um, and having like a real uh, a strong desire to learn what I'm being taught, um, having some sort of interest. I think, you know, as far as like school goes, it's pretty cut and dry how they deliver it. You read it from a book or, you know, there's not, you can't really get too creative because you've got 30 something kids to, to teach at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sitting behind the desk is not for me. Definitely hands on, mm-hmm. um, is, and I think, I think, I, I think I am intelligent in that way. Um, but I can get bored easily and then 
lose interest. So what about now? You know, you have um, a lot of interest as far even just obvious interests, just like looking at you and, you know, following you on social media. Um, what's your personality type in the sense of, you know, how you focus on stuff? So do you focus on photography for a week and then you start doing something else for a week? Or do you kind of have everything on full cylinders like all the time? I think it's probably full cylinders all the time. I'm always moving, doing something. Um, it's it's kind of how my brain works. I actually have a hard time sitting down in front of the computer and like focusing on one thing. And then I can sit in front of the computer and then it's like, what was I going to do? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm almost better off, like kind of always moving around and uh, multitasking. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely putting my hands in this, that, you know, it's like even today I was, um, you know, working on um, some Airbnbs. I um, went grocery shopping this morning. Mm. Uh and then I came here, we did the photo shoot, and now we're doing a podcast. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's definitely like, it's an interesting lifestyle. I get to do mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And, but yeah, definitely multitask. I can't just string along one focus for a week and then move on to the next, next week. Uh, this was a later question, but since you had sort of brought it up, do you feel like you're just living like this kick ass life? You know, I just kind of look at the stuff that you're doing, the photography you're doing, the people you get to engage with regularly and you know we're in a sweet beach town you know you're two minutes from the pier um you know and and just all these other aspects of your life i mean how do you when you reflect on your position you know in this world right now do you just feel grateful do you feel like you're you know you're hungry for more you know how do you reflect on all the stuff you get to do and you know everything around you yeah i feel extremely fortunate and grateful um my wife's business is very successful she works her ass off um, we both work our asses off. Hers is a, is a daily grind, um, that really truly allows us and myself to have a lifestyle that we do. So I'm extremely f- fortunate and grateful for her. Um, and, and what I do is I try to support that in mm. any, you know, any step of the way. So in reality, yeah, like I, I very much cherish the life that I, that I have, uh, Anna and I both seek, um, more, uh, we have, we have more desires and things that we want to set out to do Mm -hmm. uh, goals. And we actually have our eye on those things right now. Um, and they're kind of, you know, under the radar right now, can't really talk about it, but (laughs) we, we are always kind of thinking about the next greatest thing. Like, what do we want to do next? Uh, what's the next chapter? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Ventura, this town, it's given us both a lot. And um, I definitely love the people here and love being able to associate and meet everybody. I was on a, I did a photo shoot yesterday with a kid from Santa Barbara, just a modeling shoot. And we're on a random street over like off of channel. And I think like maybe three or four people had driven by and said hi, hi to me. And he was just knew. like, yeah. And he was just like, what? Like how? <laughs> I'm like, I like people. So your um, your wife's business, I've you know, I've I've looked on uh, the social media page, and it's obviously like this, like awesome woodworking and uh, metalwork, and very frankly high class looking stuff to my eyes. Um, yeah. And what are, are there complex feelings associated with having like such a successful wife? 
frankly, because, you know, I, on how they pick, how they paint that in TV shows and stuff where the man's <laughs> always sort of resenting her. And, you know, what are the feelings that you get? Are you just simply proud of her and, you know, oh, just 100%. there for her? I sent her a text today and told her that I'm extremely proud of her. Um, again, uh, I have her to thank for everything that we have. Uh, because of her hard work. And yeah, I, I've, I've put a lot of myself into her business. Um, and, and as of recently been able to pull back a lot and, um, I'm, I'm, I would say that I went from, um, being pretty involved to helping out any way I could going on installs, stuff like that to, um, maintaining the things that we have outside of her mm. business, including my photography. And I'm, I'm very happy with the fact that I've been able to do that. Um, this peeping Bob series, uh, mm-hmm. like that we shot today. Um, I don't know that that could, it wouldn't happen as easily mm-hmm. if I was, um, still in that situation, but no, as far as her, as far as her business goes, it's hers. She's, it's her brainchild. Uh, she's grown it from the, the ground up and it's been extremely impressive, um, satisfying, uh, to watch mm. and it's only it's it only seems to be getting better <laughs> honestly i probably shouldn't say this but uh she has projects that are going to be on brother vs brother tonight oh awesome. i don't know if they'll if it'll air tonight we're shooting this on the or we're talking right now here on the ninth but uh the n- newest uh, um episodes of brother vs brother projects that she's worked that she's done are going to be on the show and is that the is it the property brothers those guys yeah it's the twins and though this no is like kidding. a new show where they they have two houses in a neighborhood and they compete to see who can. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, what would your you know actually when what year did you get married? Uh, <laughs> if you can remember right off, even I think just... it's going to be like twenty forty. <laughs> we haven't gotten married. We're uh, oh really? We've been engaged for twelve years? No, eleven years. Really? No kidding. How how do you how have you navigated that? Because you know. Again, I'm, I'll just simply pawn this off on TV shows because I don't want to point at anybody that I know or myself. But like in TV shows, let's just say, um, you know, a lot of they paint it where like the woman like after four years, five years, you know, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, you know, so has there how, how do you navigate that situation or the two of you, not you just because you're the man, but uh, or if you yeah. know, identify as a man. But, um, <laughs> you know, how do you navigate those waters? I would think that it would be complex for people. No, it's never been, it's never been complex. It's actually been very natural and it almost feels, I think for both of us, unnatural for us to Mm. go through the whole wedding process. Um, if anything, if at any point we did something to probably just be like more of like a party, Mm. some sort of gathering. Um, but the whole wedding thing, honestly, it's never been a, a huge factor for me, that whole process of kids and marriage and everything never really was like a big Mm. deal to me. Um, so it's been pretty, like I said, natural feels like it. When I talk to people, I wear a ring. I, you know, we're married for all intents and purposes. We don't need a piece of paper that says so. And common law doesn't actually work as easy as you think, because you have to actually own the house that you're living in. So, and do you have children? Mm Mm-mm. Wow. Oh my God. You guys are just like living it up. (laughs) I mean, oh my God. Um, is there, do you feel like, do you truly feel like an individual then? Like, you know, because yeah, for all intents and purposes, you're married, you know, but you know, technically not. So do you feel more like an individual or do you still feel that sense of being in a duo always? 
Oh yeah, we're one hundred percent a duo. Um, the way we think and what we do and how we do it is always um, in that form. Um, and as of recent, you know, I've we've we've uh, you know we we probably spend most of our time again, kind of like dreaming of the next the thing that we're gonna do, um, and then also kind of thinking about what we're currently doing and what can be better. What could, what can we do here? What can we do there? So everything is very much a duo situation. What uh, advice would you give to couple? I mean, if you have any, you know, what works for you in the sense, you know, what have you noticed that makes things easier and more pleasant, like around the house, because, you know, I've been married for two years and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm learning every day. I learn like how to be a good husband and a good person to live with, you know, and, so what what have you learned over your time because you've been with her for a while now that works? Listen, <laughs> pay attention. Um, definitely uh, be willing to to take um, criticism. Not even criticism, but be willing to be better. I think. I mean, I'm definitely not perfect by any means, and. Um, you know, I can, I can definitely struggle at times to, to accept certain things, but I try to, I try to say like, okay, that's my fault or I could do better here. I can do better there. Um, so yeah, I think just willing to be the best that you can. I mean, obviously again, we're not, none of us are perfect. So being the best that you can is all, all you can really do. But knowing that you're putting that, that front foot Mm. or that foot forward and trying to do whatever the best you can for that person, I think Mm. as long as you're doing that, you're showing that compassion and that love. When when I say the word Ventucky, oh god, what comes to mind? What do you what what do you what do you feel? <laughs> do you like want my and, honest answer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, white conservative. Uh, I'll just say it. Trash, maybe. <laughs> uh, doesn't apply to Ventura one bit. Uh, I don't know. Mm. Because I've seen people. Um, you know, get irked by it. Like, like, Oh, that, that's like an insult, you know, to like this beautiful place we live. Like, let's not degrade this place by, you know, um, I don't even know. Like it's, it's obvious. It's a, um, it's derogatory, right? Well, I mean, if you think about then if if you, if you say it that way, then you're also saying that there's something wrong with Kentucky. Is there really anything Mm -hmm. wrong with Kentucky? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never really been to Kentucky, but has anybody that's made up the word Kentucky been to Kentucky? But no, I, I do. I do agree that it's not a good representation of of the city of Ventura, and I and I do think it is kind of like a. It, it feels, it feels like maybe, a Ventura long ago, that as 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 mm-hmm. of recent time has kind of reared its ugly head again, uh, but I but I think that uh, that's the case across the country. <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, I, I think Kentucky is a weird way to describe in a single word this awesome little beach community. And um, this may come off as a silly question and it is a silly, it should be a silly question, frankly. Uh, do black lives matter? Mm-hmm. 100%. What do you think? Have you, um, what, what are your thoughts on uh, the community? What I would say coming together, or you might even say has been split. You know, there have been uh, protests and, and, um, organized events around the city where, you know, it's a black lives matter movement promoting those ideals, 
But then there's also some very strange stuff going on. Um, I don't even want to mention the business, but there was a coffee shop. There was some uh, controversy recently where they mistreated somebody and this person is backing, you know, for lack of better words, a Trump supporter. And so, well, have you seen that? There's news on that, by the way. Well, updates on that. I haven't heard. There's a person, I I won't say her name yet, but there was some person. Somebody created that and they've been arrested. (laughs) Really? What was there a fault? Somebody used somebody's name or something? Somebody made a false account. And multiple things, and I don't, I don't know why, but yeah, I definitely saw that. Definitely posted about it, and was confused. But so the woman is real, though, right? There was some real. She's woman. a real woman, and I think that maybe this other person was irked by her for some other odd reason, and did this. And maybe she is, maybe a slightly this person, but I don't know that there's any facts outside of what this person illegally. Because I think it's it's false. Or it's like, de- like defamation or something, and stealing like, someone's identity. Yeah, there's some identity issues. So, but there, but even aside from that, though, I don't know if you followed the coffee shops like response response. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of crazy, really. I mean, they they in my opinion, but maybe but maybe again, it's because the majority of the story was it was false, mm. and he's still looking at this, going like, what is happening? I really did think about the like them, yeah. In a whole when it, when that whole situation unfolded, but yeah, the Black Lives Matter and and the 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 split, I think that splits again everywhere, mm. and we're going to see it everywhere. Um, but I very much, you know, it's it's funny like coming from Atlanta, you walk around mm. w- without even blinking an eye. You walk around and 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 the or like New York anywhere, L.A. You walk around not thinking about it. Ventura is so whitewashed. I mean, we know it. And you, I want more culture. I right, want, right. I want to be surrounded by uh, multiple cultures and people, and 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 want that in my life. I don't know why other people wouldn't. Uh, you know, it blows my mind. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to fear. Mm. But yeah, I think it's been exciting to see. I think it's been exciting and 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 warming to see the community of Ventura. Very very like the young community. I'm, I mean, I'm 40 myself. I'm not. I'm not old. I'm not young. But um, it's been great to see that community come together and show that support. You And I ride my bike a lot around the town, mm. and I see the signs in the windows and stuff like that. And just seeing that is great. I think we also have a great LGBTQ uh, and, uh, community here as well that supports. You're not going to please everybody. There's hate. There's, um, there's bigotry everywhere you go. Um, unfortunately, mm. Ventura's you know it's it's been here in the past and hopefully we are progressing and moving forward from that but mm-hmm. the country is i think spiraled a little bit backwards all yeah. around so yeah it's a uh, it's frightening frankly it's like i it's like do you know we're we're trying to have kids and it, it, you, you know in the the state of affairs right now it's like you almost wonder like should i bring a child into this world it's like <laughs> Like, I don't know, you know, all the news you hear every day with, like, the climate and, you know, the politics. And it's like, my God, like, am I going to yeah. just be blown up in, like, an atomic bomb in, like, five years? Yeah, they, they thought that back in the 50s. Yeah. Here, so. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they have enough self-interest to not destroy themselves. Um, what do you think about, you know, you've, with your Peeping Bob series, by by the nature of that, that um of doing that series where you're meeting different people and and learning about them and shooting their photos 
Um, even just on that account and the other people you've met around the city, what's your view and what's your experience of like the Ventura art scene and the music scene, just like the scene in general and the people involved? What, what are your feelings about the scene? Uh, I think the scene's great. I think it could be deeper. I think, and, and when I say deeper, I think it could be exposed more. Um, obviously the past few months, uh, we, everything's been shut down. So that's not really the case, but I, even prior, um, I found, you know, you get little fun art shows and stuff like that. Um, but we don't really have significant galleries here. Mm. Um, but the art scene itself, I think, yeah, I think it could be exposed more. I think we could have more showings, more galleries, stuff like that. Uh, definitely a, a lot of great artists, musicians. Um, I would love, that's another thing I would love to see Ventura bring is more venues. Yeah. You know, hopefully we mm -hmm. like whenever we come out of this dark place that we're in right now. Um, yeah, I think Ventura could really use some cool, some cool venues to bring in new music. Uh, Ventura theater is great, but how many times are you going to see Bone Thugs and Harmony? Right. Or Social Distortion? <laughs> <laughs> Retire already. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be cool to have some smaller venues or even like semi, you know, larger ones that can bring in mm -hmm. some relevant bands right now. Be neat. Do you think the um, scene, and I just say it loosely, I'm talking about like the tattoo artists and the artists and the musicians and the poets and, you know, those kind of creatives basically is who I'm talking about. Is the scene bigger than I think? Obviously, you don't know this for sure, but I'm curious about your impression. Is it a bigger scene than people think or is it a smaller scene than people think in terms of like how many people are actually like operating? I think the I think the art community in Ventura is probably larger than we think. Um, but again, exposing it is the, is like the, the key, I mean, everywhere mm. you go in, in like LA, any other culture, mm. <laughs> sorry, let me rephrase that. Any other more cultured town city, um, you see it all around you. Mm. You know, we, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to be really good friends with Evan Mendelson, a wonderful mistake. And he's done several mural murals in the area. Uh, there's, uh, another guy, Chris Saunders, uh, who does really cool murals around town and they're awesome. We need more of them and not just by those two guys, but mm. people that can do them. And um, we have these empty giant walls along our freeway as you go over under the trellis that could be amazing and beautifully landscaped with art. Um, and then, yeah, you know, we see it again. I think sometimes the city itself kind of handpicks who they want mm. Um, to do certain things. There's all the, we see all the art like on the power boxes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Those are rad. But no, I, I think, I think that Ventura really truly does have a really strong, talented core of artists. Um, a lot of photographers. Um, that was one of the toughest things I think being in Ventura was thinking like, can I really be a successful <laughs> advertising photographer? And, you know, it's definitely a struggle. It's not the easiest thing. I'm not in the mix of things and, and stuff like that in LA, but I know a lot of people and I've, I've maintained and had successes and will continue to have those. Um, but I think Ventura in a whole, yeah, I think the, the art community is probably larger than we think. Hmm. So just, just looking at you, you're, you're fully tatted. Are, are, is your chest tattooed? Is your back tattooed? Yeah, I'm probably 85% covered. Were you actually, how old were you when you got your first tattoo? I was 17. 
Okay. So at by that point, I did you say even just then by seventeen? Did you know someday you would be fully covered? I think so. I wanted to be an outlaw. Mm. <laughs> I totally wanted to be an outlaw. I thought gangsters uh, were the coolest thing. Didn't want to necessarily be like in a gang, um, <laughs> but I, I was always intrigued by the culture, um, whether that was you know black gangs, Hispanic gangs, um, you know white mafia type gangs, whatever it was. It was very intriguing to me. Um, and biker, even like kind of like the whole biker culture, I think was a little bit more like intriguing. So early on, it was like, I kind of want to just look mean and kind of be left alone because I was, I was always small. I was always mm. kind of picked on. But I, the thing was, is I built up a reputation and people always wanted to challenge me. And I got to this point where I was like, I don't want to be challenged anymore. Just like, were, leave me alone. Were you, were you like spunky or what? Cause I've, you know, knew, know a few guys in high school or I guess I know them still. This Who, went on from my, like when I was elementary school. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it something, was it what your size or, I mean, did you have something in your personality where you were kind of, yeah, what was I it? I was about feisty. You? I was definitely feisty, but I was, I was small. I was always, a, I was always the smallest. And then it became like, like, oh, I could take that guy. <laughs> I could take that little guy. You would think that. No, they would think that. And so I, I get picked on a lot. And it, and then, I, you know, I was definitely high strung in, in high school. And it just, it was, <laughs> I mean, I remember going out on the weekends and I'd wear crappy clothes thinking that I was probably most likely going to get in a fight, you know, stuff like that. Really? Yeah, it was stupid. I mean, I was just a young, just a young, arrogant, um, high strung kid. Mm. But I outgrew that. And eventually, like like I said, at like 17, I really just wanted to be left alone. I didn't want, I was like, you know what? If I just look mean, if I look like I don't look, I, if I look like the guy you don't want to mess with, it's not going to be a problem. And it I mean, worked. It worked. I think so. I think for the most part, I mean, I definitely got in fights out of, outside of high school. And, um, but again, I was just a, just a young kid full of angst and then just had to grow up a little bit, you know? But so, yeah, the tattoos were basically a, a defense mechanism for the most part, but also very much like a, um, a cultural thing that I, I loved. The, mm. I loved that whole idea of being an outcast and being an individual. Not so individual now, but I've, I've learned to live with that <laughs> and, and own it for what it is. And, and you know, no one's really going to have – no one's going to look like me. No one's going to have the same tattoos for the most part. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think even with the popularity of tattoos, you're still able to have that individuality. So now you're, you're 40 years old. I am. So, you know, you, you're talking about when you were 17 and you had these ideas and, you know, uh, reasons for have, wanting tattoos and this image you had in your head of yourself, you know, now that you're 40 and you look in the mirror, are you like, wow, you know, I'm totally the guy I've always wanted to be that I'm the guy I, I have become the guy I wanted to be. Yeah. I, I I think that I'm very happy with the person that I am today um, in the sense of, you know, what I look like and, and everything else. Again, yeah, like I feel like I look like the people that I was admiring when I was at that age, for sure. Mm. Uh, old punk rockers <laughs> <laughs> past their mm. prime, strung out. No, I'm just kidding. And now that I think about it, um, this is slightly off topic, but totally – fits your description for some 
Tell me about Brad Pitt. What's what's up, what's <laughs> up with uh, Brad Pitt that you just love so much? I assume it's you... Brad Pitt. <laughs> he's, he's a hunk. It's kind of like uh, just a tongue-in-cheek thing. I like to keep people guessing. Like, what? Like, just to have you ask me about that <laughs> is, makes it all worth it, honestly. But yes, I post I post Brad Pitt on my story quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's Brad Pitt. I mean, you like his work. You think he's a good-looking guy. You yeah. know all the. So it's not like a joke that you're making fun of the guy. You no, actually, no, I'm definitely not making. Like fun. I would never make fun of Brad. Pitt. <laughs> no way. No, I love the guy. The guy's would, awesome. If uh, you should, you know, your wife or oh, I say your wife, but Anna, you and Anna go to like a Hollywood party or something, and Brad's there, and he says, "Dude, Bobby, you know." Come on, we got to photo- kiss me. You know, would you would, <laughs> would, would you kiss Brad Pitt for a photo? Oh hell, yeah. No, no question. I would one hundred percent kiss Brad Pitt for a photo. Would he ask me? That's a whole other question. I'd probably have to ask him. <laughs> uh, recently, you've been on this um, what I would call like a health kick. You know, you're you've been hitting the gym, and uh, I I, su- I suspect eating well, and um, oh, yeah. and most critically, I don't know that you're drinking alcohol or anything like that. Uh, what prompted that that change? I mean, were you really eating like in and out every day and drinking a ton anyway, or you know what what's going on with that? Yeah, for for years, um, I'll admit it. I was a, I've, I'm, I'm a party animal. I like to party. I'm very social, um, and it was drinking was a big part of my lifestyle. Um, and when I was younger, I was definitely always athletic, in shape. I've always surfed. Um, found myself having more and more issues out in the water, you know, breathing, uh, surf, just surfing in general. Um, and the drinking thing really caught up to me. Yeah. Last October had been catching up to me for a while and I'd had a lot of feelings of wanting to get back into shape, taking care of myself, feel like I have pretty decent genes and, uh, wasn't liking where my body was going and really just didn't like where I was mentally with mm. the drinking. And honestly, yeah, I woke up, I woke up after a Sunday of having a good time drinking, um, you know, having, having a normal weekend. I woke up in the middle of the night in a panic and just had like a panic attack, a lot lot of anxiety about how I viewed myself, how other people might view me. Um, just kind of hit, I think that wall, um, metaphorically. And I didn't want I think I got to the point where I didn't want somebody else to tell me, Hey, you have mm. a problem. You need to check in somewhere. You know, I didn't want to do the group AA stuff like that. So it, within this panic attack, I made the decision that it was, I was done. And I literally quit drinking that morning. Um, that, you know, that day I quit. And I think probably maybe like 10 days to like two weeks or something like that. I quit smoking weed. Mm. Uh, the, the smoking weed just didn't seem make seem to make sense. I was like all of a sudden very clear, you know, clear headed and all this stuff, and that's what I really really wanted. Yeah, and so I I just quit that too. And yeah, I'm at eleven months right now sober. Wow. And I'm ten months into fitness. I do CrossFit at Persistence Culture, great place, and it's been. I hate to be the cliche like where you 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 you're this you know, alcoholic and you go into work fitness, but I'll tell you what it works and it's really what I wanted. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what it wasn't like I needed. I was trying to replace it. It's what I'd been kept telling myself for months, if not years, like, Hey, get back into shape, feel better. And so I was glad that they were there for me. Um, a good buddy of mine is one of the trainers there and, mm-hmm. uh, owns one of the owners. 
it's a great place. Um, and then through that, I was like, well, I'm not going to waste my time in the gym kicking my ass. I completely changed my diet. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, so you're, you're telling me you're vegan now. And how long have you been vegan? You said vegan, right? Yeah. How long have you been vegan? I've been vegan for, I'm on my third month right now. Um, and how hard is that? Are have you, or let me ask you this, have you had to like spit something out because you forgot? Like, I mean, obviously not at this level, but when I tried it a weekend, I, a couple times I like, because I wasn't like knowledgeable, I would forget, you know? Right. I mean, has it been a problem for you at all? I've been educating myself on my diet since uh, probably like for about nine months now. Through that education, I've completely changed it. So, like, there was very few things that were really, truly not, like, I'm eating a lot of whole foods, I guess, is the best way to put it. Chicken, fish. I don't eat, I wasn't eating red meat, uh, Greek yogurt. It wasn't a, it wasn't a crazy transition into it when I did it because mm. I'd already, like, dialed in my diet. All I had to do now was replace these uh, major proteins mm-hmm. with other major protein, with other ways to get the protein. Um so it's been easy. Am I, I'm not some freak that's, or I shouldn't say freak, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna like, yes, I'm very careful. I'm aware of what I'm eating. I don't eat out a ton. So it makes it a little oh, bit easier. Right. Um, Vet Harvest Cafe is amazing. I've been eating at Nature's Grill too. I'll get stuff from there and I check mm-hmm. everything. Is this vegan? Yeah, we can make it vegan. It's like, great. Um, but no, if, if, if I eat something, if I'm aware of it in time, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll be like, okay, I won't eat any more. If it, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, you know, yeah. My body, um, it's not going to do anything to my body or anything like that. I love animals. It's not necessarily, I mean, it's, it's a, that's like a bonus for me is that it's, that I'm, that I'm part of that movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes me feel good about it. It's, it's tough in the sense of every once in a while I get cravings. I would just want to be able to order Topper's pizza and get it with my pepperonis and pepperonis and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been, that's been somewhat difficult, but cause I was, pizza was like the thing even before I went vegan, like that was my cheat. So like oh. once every, you know, couple, you know, a couple times a month I'm ordering toppers or uh, native and just get down. <laughs> but now I, I can't do that as easily, which is good. It keeps me more yeah. disciplined. But uh, yeah, what was so, the what was the um, reason you just wanted to kick the health to a new level? You know, because you went into the fitness mode and stopped drinking. Was the vegan thing just like a you know you just wanted to hit that next level? You know, what what was the reasoning? I'm once again the cliche guy who watched Game Changers, the movie. I don't know if you're familiar. Mm. It's about athletes who are on vegan diets, and is it possible to be this um, this dialed in athlete and it it proved to me more like in the scientific terms of like what it what meat does to your body and there was really cool examples of how we're really not we were never engineered to be mm-hmm. meat eaters the mm-hmm. way our teeth are designed mm-hmm. we're we're carnivores or, or we're herbivores you know it's really interesting you mm-hmm. look at all the animals that actually do eat meat and they have scissor or right. very serrated type teeth we don't have that um so all, there was all these facts and there was these very scientific things that, you know, they did with people's sleep, um, their blood work mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, that was really interesting to me. And I figured, what could it hurt? Try it. I've already tried all these different things through these nine months. Why not? Or whatever, you know, seven months or whatever it was when I started. Um, so, it was, yeah, it was just one new thing to tr- try and tweak. 
and and see if I can get if I can do it and be more disciplined. And so with the you know you cut out drinking and smoking and um and uh, animal products. Do you are you doing it? Are you taking it by ear? Where you know you you don't know what you're going to be doing in a year. Or are you pretty set like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm never picking up a drink again. You know, where do you want to get to eventually? You want to kind of just see where this path takes you for now? Uh, no, I think I'm pretty dedicated to this. Um, I'm pretty proud of myself and the achievements that I've made because mm. honestly, 10 months ago, it seemed impossible. So to get to this point, like I'm literally about to celebrate a year. Um, I, part of me goes, nah, I'd, I'd be fine. I could have a beer. <laughs> But then part of me feels like, yeah, I, I might be fine, but am I going to feel de- like, am I going to be devastating myself in whatever mm-hmm. time frame? I quit smoking when I was 28 cigarettes mm-hmm. and, um, I'm pretty good at cold Turkey. I don't know why or how, it, like I just, it's mind over matter. I just, I'm very like <laughs> determined, um, which has served me well in multiple things, but I quit smoking and went a whole year without smoking a cigarette and literally smoked my last cigarette, in my pack. And then a year later I smoked another cigarette. Mm-hmm. And you just dropped it. You were able to smoke a cigarette. No I smoked that one cigarette in the year thing, and then I didn't. I was like, no, nope, that was disgusting. Mm. It went on. And there's been little like moments where I've smoked cigarettes, but not to like a, a habitual way. Mm. So, so you obviously miss beer. I mean, it tastes so good, and you know, it's like fun. Or did you, or gin? Did, oh, gin. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, I mean, does it? You know, when you think of like yourself maybe having a beer sometime, is it almost like a pang of pain? Like, oh, I, you know, that even though I would want to, even though that would be fun, like that, that's not a good idea for me. Or do do you imagine someday, like on a 4th of July, or maybe not 4th of July, but on like a New Year's or something, having like a shot or something, you know, do you feel like not even that is interesting to you? Like you just would rather keep the train moving? Yeah, I think I'd rather just keep the train moving. Again, I'm very, very happy mentally, physically. Um, I'm putting a lot of hard work into my fitness and what I'm doing, and I and I just want to dial it all in. My grandfather passed away at 54, mm. and as I saw oh, wow. as a, of, a, of a heart attack, and he smoked, drank, you know, uh, was he was five three, five four, overweight. And as I turned 40, as I was getting closer to turning 40, I'm going, I'm bridging this gap. This gap is getting smaller. Mm. I'm going to be 54 before I know it. And so that was scaring me. And I'm a lot like my grandfather. I take after him immensely down to the hairline, Mm. stature, everything. And I saw myself looking more and more like him in his later years. And so that was a big motivator to just be like, you know what? I want to be here. I have way more... (laughs) in the tank than 54 or 60. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I'm at that point where it's like, what am I, what can I do to make sure that I'm here as long as possible? Mm. Where honestly, for, I think for years it was kind of like, Meh. <laughs> yeah, what happens happens. Um, you've been doing a lot of photography lately and I don't know um, how long you've been doing photography or how dead. Cause like, it seems like you're just like on fire right now with like the projects you're working on. Um, when you were like more of like a drinker and you weren't exercising as much, were you as um, creative or doing as much work in those days compared to now, now that you're more, let's call it like clear minded? Um, is this a recent hard hitting thing you've been doing or have you always been doing a lot of photography like in the past, I don't know, five years or so? Uh, yeah, photography has been my main thing for for years. 
Um, but it was really strictly for money, you know, shooting advertising campaigns. Um, I'd shoot a lot of models, stuff like that. Um, and yes, when I was drinking and when, um, I wasn't quite as healthy or wasn't healthy, wasn't taking care of myself. Um, honestly, picking up my camera was like very anxiety filled. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wasn't, I was just like, get through it, do it. Um, I, I have the skill set to to kind of think that way and, and get the job done. <laughs> now, now it's like I really enjoy picking up my camera. I really enjoy packing my stuff up and <laughs> you know visualizing what I'm about to do and and experimenting, meeting new people. All that anxiety's gone. So yeah, I think this is a new thing for me as far as being really excited about each project that I that I set set out on. And the Peeping Bob series has been just a perfect um, use of my time during the pandemic mm -hmm. to sort of show and, and, and um, highlight what I'm capable of doing. Cause it's, it's great. I'm, I, and I'm represented uh, with big picture reps out of Texas. And it was, it's really cool because you know, most of the shoots I do, they're highly produced. Mm -hmm. you know, there's money, there's budgets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's been really cool to produce these because they do look – I, I personally think, and I've been told that they look fairly well produced. Like there, they, there they it does look really like there's good. like a, per, like a, a budget there or something. So that it's just been really fun to be able to create that sort of level on this sort of very like civil, like normal level. You know what I mean? Where you're not yeah. dealing with a client. There's not an art director. There's not a producer. It's mm. I'm walking into someone's house and peeping on them. <laughs> right you you've gotten i was looking through your um some of your work that you put on social media and um even just starting with the out my window series basically tell tell me about that i i've seen some of i don't know that i've seen all the shots but um it, it looks like you're taking these photos for the uh, out my window series from a particular location um where you live and um there seems to be a theme in the people you shoot or the the subjects you shoot, whether they're people or not. Um, just tell me about what inspired you. You know, what, what's your, you know, why, why, what's with the series? I, I like it, but I just ask it bluntly like that. You know, what, what's up with the series? I think it was just out of necessity needing to shoot and do something. And I'd been spending, I'd already been spending a lot of time in my office early this year before mm. uh, COVID really happened. And I've been marketing and I've been pulling together. I actually redid uh, my website, built a new website for my, more of my fashion work. So I was spending a lot of time in there and I wanted to continue that momentum. But I wanted to be shooting too. So all of a sudden I realized I got this 70 to 200 millimeter lens. <laughs> I've got this window out to this magnificent location where the weirdest shit happens. Mm -hmm. And... It was even better because we're in the middle of this pandemic and people are wearing masks and everything just looks honestly, it was it's every day, no matter if there's a pandemic happening or not. Just now people mm -hmm. are wearing masks. But for some reason, oddly enough, the photos just kind of looked apocalyptic. Almost they do. In a way. That's yeah, they do. That's the feeling I was sort of getting. I'm like, what there's something's just absurd about it. Even though it's like real life, that, and that's I'm, I'm happy I asked. I'm happy you said it that way too, because that is the feeling I was trying to like. Yeah. Like, what is that feeling I get when I look at these photos? Just like a guy, like a, maybe it could even be a homeless guy with like a bag of stuff, and there's nothing particularly odd. Yet there's this weird feeling that I get when I look at them. I think maybe because the you know the angle, somewhat of a lonely feeling, maybe yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's very complex. Um, and it's mundane, and it's a, the mundaneness of some of the subjects is absurd. You know, it's like normally when you take a photo, you want to have like the right subject in the right way, but you're sort of shooting somebody just living their life, you know, yeah. unbeknownst to them, their life is being captured and the, in, in mundane acts of just walking by, picking up yeah. a bag or something. And, and there's that weird eerie feeling about that. You know, there's, I don't know. I got, I got to look back at some of those photos cause I feel like some of them are just absurd. It's like some of the stuff you're, you're capturing Ventura, man. Imagine if that window was somewhere else too. Like I'm telling you, that's like everyday life. It wasn't all that <laughs> far fetched. It had nothing to do with COVID. Um, I was just stuck inside, mm. and I was like, "Well, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot something." But yeah, I just shot from my office window. I had my camera always ready, and my, the way my my desk is set up, my computer screens and like in front of me, but like right to the corner of my eye, I can look directly down on mm. the railroad crossing in front of my house, the walking bridge, and everything. And just see it all unfolding. And if, if I can grab my camera fast enough, I get to capture it. You captured um, what might be, who, who might be considered uh, sort of like a a local or a relic of Ventura. But I've seen the, uh, you took a photo, I think, of the parrot guy. There's like an old guy oh, right. that like goes, he must go to the beach or something, but he has this parrot. Mm-hmm. Did you, you shot him, right? I've actually photographed that guy twice now. So I did the one oh, really? window and then I, I took his portrait oh, just really? walking across the bridge or something like that. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I'm like, because I could associate with who that was because I'd run into him. I think I got a photo with him. And it seems to bring him a lot of joy. Oh, yeah. Walking around with that pair. Because he's like an old, he's kind of like an old guy. He's, he's like an, an old man. Guy. Definitely like char- like charismatic, like character, uh, maybe a little eccentric. Obviously, he's yeah, got like this I think so. two foot bo- bird that he walks around with. Um, yeah, he's a cool guy. Always yeah. wears denim. <laughs> yeah, he, um, I, I get, you know, well, I don't think that he was charging or anything like money, no, no, no. but I, you could just tell, well, first of all, it brings people joy. Like, yeah. you know, we were a little freaked out and then we were intrigued and then we went and like, you know, met him a little bit. Then we tried to steal his bird. We, we got a photo. I think I have a photo with the bird on my hand, but I think that's what the guy gets out of it. You oh, know, yeah. he brings joy any, anywhere he goes with that yeah. thing. Um, so that's why it was so cool that you had gotten a photo of him. You have another you, – you had this other series. I don't know that it's as lengthy as the Peeping Bob series or the Out My Window series, but you did self uh, a self-portrait study. Yeah. And some of them were – I think I've seen four maybe. Um, one, you have, I think, peanut butter on your face, and that's intriguing. <laughs> um, that's that's And what's odd is that that portrait is more – understandable than some of the other ones as strange as, <laughs> as it is because you've done a couple others where there's like i think an egg yeah i put taped an egg, to your eye an eggs taped to my eye yeah there was another one i don't know that it's a part of the series technically but you did one it looked very futuristic you had some weird things on your eyes um and so it just made me wonder you know what obviously portraits are very popular people love to have their portrait taken we like to see ourselves in a portrait um, you know, what was your inspiration or your motivation to to sort of string those uh, shots into a series? Um, you know, what were you thinking about? I think I just started off. What did I shoot first? I think it was the egg thing. And I was like, you know what? I should do like a quirky, weird self-portrait series. Mm-hmm. And again, I was at home, middle of COVID or early on in COVID. It's like, actually, was that? Was that during? I can't remember now. I think there was 
It might have been right before. There was a couple like, for sure before that you mentioned maybe that kind of gave you the idea. Oh, you know what? No, it was during COVID because it was in between the people the out oh. my window mm-hmm. and then the last one i did I'm, i did the send the send nudes and then all of a sudden i'm shooting the peeping bob oh interesting oh interesting oh wait uh okay so yeah let's bridge that so did you take a photo from the self-portrait study or around that time that inspired this whole peeping bob thing or is that just you know no i kept seeing all the cheesy people taking photographs of their friends on their stoops or in their windows and i was like mm. i could do better mm. so you wanted a piece <laughs> of that action I wanted to put my twist on it and show that you could be a little bit more creative even during these times. Mm. The whole goal was really to stay out of people's homes too, like really shoot it from all outside. Um, and for the most oh, part, really? Yeah. No kidding. And it started off that way and, and it, and, and I've been safe with it. Um, but yeah, so the whole idea was to kind of keep with the theme that we were supposed to be social distancing and everything else. Mm. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was really just it, honestly, it was just inspired by like the family portraits that people were taking. Mm. And I was like, I you could take a family portrait like this anytime, you know, like where's the creativity? Where's the where's the sense of the person? Um so it didn't it didn't seem that unique to me. And I was mm. like, there's something there's something more here. And so that's where the peeping bob idea came in as far as like, okay, what what could this be? It's like I'm going and checking up on friends. And I catch them doing something weird. And I just wanted to have something that stayed consistent. And the nudity was the consistency. Like, we've all kind of lost our minds in these these months of this pandemic. I um, totally am on board with that. I've seen plenty of photos where it's just lacking all substance. Where I mean, and that, I know that sounds very mean because, I mean, what do I even know about photography? But I just my experience of looking at some people's photos, even if the quality is like stellar, I realized after I've seen enough that just simply having perfect, amazing quality does not um, assume that it's like going to intrigue us or make me wonder. Like I like to look at pictures that make me wonder like, Oh, who is this? Who is this person? I wonder what they're like. But like you said, it's just somebody on a stoop, you know, nothing interesting behind them. Yeah. It became I, redundant. It's so boring. It I mean, just be, yeah, and I, you know, yes, it was a very. I, I, the idea behind it is it's it's great, and it, it and it was, in a mo- it was a moment that was great. But mm, yeah. there is no concept. There is nothing behind it. So yeah, the substance is important, and that's what I wanted to bring to the table. Which I think I always try to bring to my photography in general. My eye, my my view, my perspective, mm-hmm. and it was. In, this has been an interesting project to work on because. A lot of people have asked me, and I think you did too, like, okay, you know, like, what's your process? What, what's, like, do you have it? Like, was it, yeah. they were so surprised when I said, okay, what's your concept? And, it was, yeah. And because it's like, no, I, I don't want to drive your concept. I want you mm. to think of what, what, are you, what are your interests? What do you do? What, what makes you you? Mm-hmm. And then how do I, I can, and then I can build on that and do what I want with it. And I think that's how it's worked with a lot of people is they give me a simple concept Mm-hmm. or it could be a crazy concept, but the concept, I never really wanted the concepts to be over the top. Mm. I want them to feel sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like authentic or yeah, authentic or, um, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for here? It's like when you're, um, you get married, you have a home. What's that word? Uh, you become holy matrimony. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. But what I'm saying is more so I didn't want it to feel too far gone. Mm. Like just enough. Yeah. Like where it wasn't like just it wasn't just super over the top. And every like with your concept in particular, like you had this idea, well, I do, you know, I do this podcast and I can do, you know, and that was like, okay, you're going to be interviewing a sex doll. It made sense because you can't really get subjects right now. Mm. I, I love it. I mean, I was what we were um, sort of talking off the record about is um like I can appreciate not going not trying to push a concept too far. Um, but just enough where it's intriguing and you're and it's thought provoking. That's what I like. I mean, that's just my taste of photography. Where when I look at the picture, my I, it's thought provoking. That's what yeah. I want. And I think the concept that we have. Um, another thing that I uh, what I like is when a photo, when a description of a photo is poetry. If you were to describe like what we did today, it would sound like poetry. You know, right. and when you try we to tie the sex doll to the chair. It's yeah. And like the symbolism and the metaphors and it's, you know, my mind just starts spiraling out of control that goes beyond the concept. But that's what art does. When you look at a painting, when you read a book, when you listen to a song as a viewer and listener, that's, that's the fun part for the viewer and listener is to wonder and to think and to imagine and to assume and to, you know, all these things. Um, So when you look at a photo of somebody on a stoop, the, the poetry doesn't go that far when you, I mean, I just told you what the photo was, and there's no poetry there. So when you, so when you just, if we were to describe, and I'm not, what, and I'm not trying to be no, mean oh, when I, I say that by any means. It's it's more so just yeah, it, that wasn't for me, right? No, and yeah, and, and I'm like, not saying I that, had to figure out how to put my twist on this concept, yeah, this and, idea. And there's a place for those photos. I mean, I, yeah. me too. I don't want to come off harsh because I mean, sometimes it is there is a place for a photo that's just simple that doesn't require explanation. There's actually a photographer out of L.A. I, I think he's in L.A. Yeah. Um, Joe Puglia, he's the one, I I think I'm pronouncing his last name, right? He's Joe Pug on Instagram, but I'd say that he was kind of like the starter of it. Um, and he was going around LA shooting these beautiful black and white photos of his friends, kind of like almost like pre shutdown. Mm -hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden you're seeing it, it was coming from every direction. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, originally it was, I liked the original concept of then when you start seeing it just coming from every direction, that's where it was kind of like, mm-hmm. it was losing that authenticity kind of. Or for that, for that your series sense. or you're saying out in the field for your series or for other, the world. For in that, the general, like when I started, like he kind of created this oh, I and see. then seeing more of it coming from different directions and different people, it was kind of like, okay, mm. you've, seen, you've seen one family in the window, you've seen them all. Um, and that's where this series, I think the Peeping Bob series, is if you've seen one person in a Peeping Bob series, you haven't seen them all. Right. You know, I'm at 40, you're 43, and they're all completely different. I know, I was kind of hoping that I was number 43 you on are. the podcast. You are. Really? You're number 43. Because uh, 41, 40, you're 43. Hold on, hold on. I'm pretty sure. Because I think I just put out 41. Um, it's not yeah, on this is 43. It's for, yeah, because there, there are. That's weird. I'm 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 almost 100 percent sure it's 43. That's that's awesome. I mean, that's yeah. beautiful that it worked out that way. Cool. Did you have um, you know, with with Anna, because like I told you, I sort of was wondering how I would bring it up to Angela. Like, okay, oh. <laughs> a, fri- a friend's gonna come over and take a picture of me naked, and it's gonna, be, you know. So I'm having. I was. I had. To, I wondered. Uh, okay, how am I gonna say this? Because in any way I say this, it sounds strange. So when you had this idea, I mean, how did you present it to Anna? I mean, obviously, you know, you're you're grown adults and you're you're both, you know, mature. But did you have to say like, hey, you know, I'm going to be 
taking photos of naked women and in their house and men and men and men come on i mean was there a conversation yeah i mean for the most part one she trusts me very much and um i'm actually i think i'm very very lucky Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to that uh anna's been nothing but supportive when it comes to my photography and and what i shoot um since day one i've been shooting beautiful models um and women men Mm -hmm. and um yeah she's never She's never had an issue with it. So this wasn't any kind of like a stretch. Oh, okay. And she knew she knew it was going to be professional and she knew that it was it's it's for the sake of art and she loved the concept. Mm. So I think the conversation was just like, "Hey babe, I got this I idea. have this idea and I'm going to start it with Zach." <laughs> and yeah, I I think yeah, she's just always been super supportive and never been um, the jealous type in that sense. And if she has been, mm. you know, it's cute. It's not like right. It's not debilita- debilitating or it's it's flattering more than anything. But no, she's always been extremely supportive, and I have never had to really explain myself. I feel like if I really if I have to go over the over the top to explain myself, <laughs> then I'm probably doing something wrong. You right. know what I mean? Then like, I'm no, probably no. guilty of something. Like it's not going to be, you know, there's going to be negative, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, no, I, I can appreciate it. I was just curious. So, I've definitely seen more naked people in the past four months <laughs> than I ever imagined I would. <laughs> so it's very interesting because it, that's what, that's partly one of the, for me, that's one of the reasons why I think it's a very interesting series because um, even in 2020, even though we have WAP coming out where we have these songs about, you <laughs> which know, I just heard for the, listened to the, for the first time. And I, yeah, I liked it. You know, so even in, in the, in a world where there's music like that and, you know, it's still, um, I wouldn't say a touchy subject nudity itself, but like, you know, there's still these weird boundaries that we're, you know, having to negotiate in our society with sure. what's acceptable and what's not, what's tasteful, what's not. Um, so that's one of the reasons um, that it's so provocative to me is that we're having to confront these uncomfortable, well, for some people, these uncomfortable feelings. And, um, but I love it because it makes me, it, that's why I'm talking to you now. And that's why I have all these questions. Cause all I did was wonder about it. Um, so when you, 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 this is your 43rd one and you're going to, um, presumably get to 50. Do you, too. Yeah. do you, um, or more, do you, have a conversation with the subjects like, Hey, it's totally like professional. Or do you just, you know, cause like we didn't really talk about it. I didn't, you didn't say, Oh, I'm going to walk out while you get naked. You know, how do you navigate those waters, especially with women? Because you know, that's we're we're both men. So it's a little easier. I think yeah. maybe, you know, how actually, do you navigate- I mean, sometimes I think it's even like more awkward with the men <laughs> at times. Um, no, it's, I try to keep it natural. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty natural in my direction and in myself. I, I try to put people at ease. Um, I think if I was awkward or anything like that, I think it would make it more difficult. But I, I really do try to come at the situation and like a, like I've done this a million times. This isn't weird. Mm-hmm. Um, for the women, I, I honestly, I've had more, I, I, I've seen it where the women are so uncomfortable and nervous. Uncomfortable, you said. I think move like early on, you know, they're about to be naked. They've never done this before. Mm-hmm. It's not like these, um, I'm hiring professional nude models or anything for this. They're literally doing this. And a lot of them had husbands, have boyfriends, mm. or had, have boyfriends, have husbands. Um, and they had to discuss that. They had mm. to have that same conversation that you did with Angela. And, I think at the end of the day, they felt a, a, a sort of sense of empowerment mm. and satisfaction from doing this. 
not mm. not being like, oh, I was naked on camera, but doing something that they hadn't anticipated ever doing or ever feeling comfortable doing. Mm. And honestly, for me, like that's very gratifying for myself. And that's that's a selfless thing in the sense of like mm. most men might be like, oh, I'm seeing women naked right now. Like this is hot, you know. But no, it's actually to me, I focus on the fact that they're telling me, wow, like I was really nervous when you first got here, but I'm so glad I did that. That makes me feel really, really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I would, I would wonder if, um, you know, that uncomfort, that discomfort that they have, I wonder if it's even maybe for some people, this could be it. It's like not so much that, that they're afraid to show you themselves, but that they're in a way they're showing themselves themselves, you know? So it's like this reflective process of being comfortable in your own skin. That's really what it is. And especially on camera. And, and I think that's actually really awesome. Um, I, I can appreciate that because I've had a similar experience where um, when I interview people, because as soon as the interview is over, the rest of the day, I'm thinking about it, like what I heard, what I learned and um, what I learned about the people and the the emotion and the, the stories and the questions I ask. And, I, and I, it's just floating around my head, sure. maybe in the way you do when you go home and you're just you know, thinking about today's shoot, you know, you're thinking about whatever. Um, Man, I think that sex call tall could have done a better job. <laughs> Judy. <laughs> I thought gonna, she was going to be taller. She's going to get a, an IMDB credit. Right. Uh, so I can appreciate that um, feeling that you must get because I think it's a feeling I get that, that my, you know, you're like my subject. And, and I think that people, you know, it's in a way feel it's a feeling of being under a microscope when you're being interviewed or when you're being put on front of a camera um, but having gone through it at the end of the day, I think there is a sense of empowerment and yeah. confidence and you you learn more about yourself. I've in been a very way. proud of the subjects because, you know, we're I think we're all self-confident, you know, um, self-conscious of certain things about ourselves. And to, to take that, take our clothes off and present that not only to just me, but to my viewers, their own, their viewers, if they decide to repost and blah, blah, blah. And now, I mean, I'm turning this into a book. So, mm. and everybody has been super cool with, and they've actually been excited to be a part of it. Like, it's like almost like once they heard it was going to be a book, they were even more excited. That was kind of like a neat thing for me. It's awesome. I mean, everybody wants to be published. It's, you know, it's, and it's really cool actually, because not, not like it would not be good enough to just be on the online or on a website. It's kind of old school, right? It's like, it's going in a book. Yeah, it, that <laughs> is good enough. But when you, when it's, when you know, it's going to be in a book, I mean, it's, there's something whether we admit it or not, you know, we always want to, you know, we consider legacy. It's like, what, what am I going to look back on? What footprint am I leaving in this world? Um, And I think that's why people like to be like, that's why as nervous as people get to be interviewed, um, like on here, I think that's a part of it too. Being photographed, being in a, being shot with, you know, in a video, um, being in a book, there's just some legacy component and something you can show people and something, even though a book's not permanent, something tangible, yeah. yeah, something tangible in your hand that you can look at. Um, and I mean, the photo, it's going to be beautiful. Especially I think, during this time too. Like it, mm-hmm. you're going to look back always on this time and you can, you can like kind of like pause it mm-hmm. for a moment. Yeah. So, you know, with this um, series your peeping Bob series, obviously you've done it all during COVID, but, but is it really like a project that in five years, let's pretend that COVID disappears in a few months and we never talk about it again. Um, if that's the case, 
you know, do you want this project to be forever associated with this time period? Is it a timepiece or, you know, how do you see yeah. it? Yeah, I because mean, I think it was derived from this period for sure. So it's exactly that. It's me checking up on friends during this time, making sure they're okay. And some of them are, some of them aren't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely connected. When I first started it, it was, um, I was calling all these series like another pandemic series. Um, and through some advice through creative, um, mentors and friends and stuff like that, they were like, you know, maybe just cut out the, another pandemic series, um, and just do peeping Bob number it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how that ended up being, but yeah, for sure. It's definitely related to, it wouldn't, it would never have come Mm -hmm. to light. I don't think without. Right. Uh, what has you, you've done this over 40 times in for this specific series, you've already, you've count, you've, um, shot countless people in in other places, but for this particular series, um, what, what has surprised you? You know, you've been coming into people's homes, you've been shooting like in their spaces. Um, I guess, has anything surprised you? What, what have you learned about this process? Um, has it just been easy sailing? You know, I, I, I imagine some weird stuff has happened maybe, or uh, I guess I'm just curious about what you've experienced during this process. I think we, it was natural for us and I didn't feel weird really. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, we, we fucking, we, we vacuumed about 10 times, you know, like, so like, I, I'm wondering your subjects were probably doing. Yeah. I think a lot of people like set their house up, you know, accordingly. I think some people didn't, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I wouldn't say that anything surprised me. I, it's, Maybe what surprised me sometimes is how easily some people were comfortable just mm. getting naked. I mean, you started getting naked kind of like before <laughs> before uh, I was really ready, which I mean, it's fine. Um, but no, I don't I don't know that there was any real surprises, um, except for sometimes like the subjects being willing to be mm. a part of the you know people that I've known for a while that I wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, they would have wanted to do this. Um but yeah, I'm trying to think if there's like some cool highlights and stuff like that. But I mean, all of it's been, it's been kind of a blur at this point. Um, it's been pretty smooth, a smooth process, no yeah. bumps in the road. Yeah. Every, it's been really cool because everybody's been so involved, like not, and I've kind of been able to, again, speak my mind when I want to. And then I show up and I make my adjustments and I do what I want and, and kind of uh, piece it together that I, in a a way that I think works better for the, the image itself. And then I get to direct. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, it's been great that people, I guess that's maybe what surprised me is how willing people were Mm -hmm. to get the right props and do, you know, do certain things. Mm -hmm. Just go for it. Do you imagine having any writing in the book? Like, do you want to like write a little introduction or, uh, yeah. Like what, what do you imagine with the book? Just like introduction and then photos from then on out. Or? I'm just going to badmouth every subject <laughs> alongside their, <laughs> alongside their image. Uh, no, actually I'm going to have, I'm having everybody and you'll get one yourself. Um, I'm sending everybody a model release and then also, mm. um, a, uh, um, a format, like a format thing for them to write a statement. Oh, cool. I, I think that'd be really great, actually. Yeah, so each image, the image will fall on one side of the page on the right-hand side. On the other side will be their statement. And it's either something about the experience, about the current situation, what's going on in their life, whatever they want it, whatever they want to live next to their mm. image is fine with me. Mm. It could be completely off subject, on subject, whatever they want it to be. 
man. I, I think that's going to come out really nice. I, I, uh, that's going to be really sweet. Um, so what do you get? What do you get out of doing this? You know, these, uh, this series in particular, because of, uh, you know, you're having to work with other people, you know, what are you getting out of it? I think it's just a creative outlet, really. Um, I'm getting a bunch of rad content and I'd really like to get more uh, publicity out of it. And that's all, that's definitely been something I've always struggled with, with my photography, selling myself. <laughs> I'm always good at like selling other people and, and certain things in my life, tattoo shop and stuff like that. But um, when it comes to like me and my, my work, then it's, it's difficult. Mm. It's um, and then finding those outlets too. And I, again, it's just like taking the time. I'm always moving. Like I need to really sit down and start pushing this. I started tagging like New York Times or Los Angeles okay. Times, yeah. stuff like that on some of the photos, but never gained any kind of traction with it. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder sometimes like how do these photographers and different other, for, uh, you know, creatives, how do they, how do they do it? I don't know. Mm. So I mean, maybe you can get it on the shelf at all the local places, you know? Yeah, I mean that'd be fun. What's gonna be cool is it's gonna be available on Amazon oh, and cool. and Barnes and Noble and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's kind of a bummer because they all take it. They'll, they'll take you know a certain percentage. Not not that great, but um, I mean it's for the. I mean, yeah, like that. That's a bummer, but um, I mean they make it convenient, don't they? Make it super so, convenient. The people that I'm working with to, to actually make the book, they're doing like a ton of the work. Wow! So it's gonna be great. It's um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Mm. And then, yeah, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all of them, they'll uh, <clears throat> do all the shipping and everything else. So, mm. Well, I'm so happy to have uh, been a part of your uh, series. I uh, have just ever since I had reached out and you were you, you were interested and thought, I, you know, I would make a, a good enough subject. <laughs> I just thought about the um, just thought about it, in it. And that's what's so wonderful about it. And that I bet your subjects uh, feel how I feel about it and that you just reflect on yourself and the situation. And I wonder like, Oh, am I being, you know, welcoming enough? Am I providing enough input? All these like thoughts, you know, uh, go through your mind and we're basically socializing. And, and I feel that that's um, an exercise in being, um, you know, a, a member of society, you know, we're working with each other. We're navigating, the waters of uh, creativity together, you know, are you satisfied? Am I satisfied? Are you comfortable? Am I comfortable? And, and I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, so even though people will just see the photo, you know, they're not going to know all that it took to do it. You know, not, not that it was that complicated, but you know, we got <laughs> right. to experience it together and, you know, we're, we're forging uh, a new relationship and I, and I think that's um, cool. So I think there's so much more to to your series than like just the photos themselves. It's yeah. so much um, has come from it. Um, and I just have a, one more question for you. You can answer any way you like. Uh, Bobby do Who the hell are you? Who the hell am I? I'm just a guy that likes to do right. No, I Bobby do I'm, I'm a, I'm a hardworking, compassionate person who loves people. Loves what he does. Um, is excited about the future and uh, everything that it has to offer. Uh-huh.